Welcome to the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. Welcome back, everybody, to the next episode of Queen Divas Fitness. We are discussing all things food today, actually, and yes. really, I guess, highlighting the importance of nutritional literacy and uh, and what that is. And before we jump into that, I thought um, today we might start with a bit of a funny segment on what's probably your biggest moment where you think, oh, my God, when you think back on it, I thought I had things down pat, but now I know what I know now. And, oh, my God, what was I thinking? When it comes to food. Cheesecake. I cannot (laughs) forget when I found out how much fat cheesecake had. I was, like, mind blown, honestly. Like, I was just, what the hell? I cannot believe that's more than my daily intake. Like, it was mind blowing. One slice of cheesecake when I found out what it actually was, when I learned tracking. And I'm like, no wonder I can't lose weight. So that was mine. How about yours, Allie? What was the food that you remember that was like a wow? You know what? Like, I and I think I've, I mentioned this actually in one of our earlier podcasts. For me, it was actually, I had had some symptoms of some stuff going on, but had no, you know, actual realization as to what it was, hadn't been diagnosed or anything. So I was doing, you know, Dr. Google over here and just cutting <laughs> shit out willy-nilly myself, thinking it was going to make some profound impact on my, my condition. And I literally cut out all meat, gone vegan. I was super strict. And in fact, anyone that's listening to anything of mine, I was like non-meat based products for nearly eight years. Like it was crazy. Turns out later when I thought more about the things that I was missing from a vitamin, a mineral and a nutrient perspective, and then went on to do my testing and a whole bunch of other things that showed a lot of the things I was eating were actually the things that were making my symptoms worse because oh. my body couldn't process them. I had allergies and sensitivities, but then there were also, um, you know, inflammatory-based things going on with with my ulcerative colitis, which is all ulcerations through yeah. your internal organs and, and, you know, digestive tract. And I was just making it all worse. So all the things I thought I was doing really good with that I thought would be like digesting easier and not a problem for me, they were actually the worst things for me. So that's that moment where you just go, oh, my God, Dr. Google is not always your best friend. What, what were the things, though? Like, what was it that I, you were- I had cut out, like, all meat. And, in fact, actual there are certain meats I shouldn't have for, for not only my, you know, and this actually goes back to the DNA thing we we're just discussing. There were a couple of things genetically I shouldn't have. But there are, you know, there are certain things I shouldn't have because of my, my bowel. Right. Um, But then there are certain things that are actually really beautiful for creating the correct balance of microbiome flora and also for my digestion to be optimized, right? So I had to cut out certain nuts and seeds. I had to cut out certain vegetables. And I was eating all vegetables, all nuts, all seeds. It was veggies that were... It was. So it was actually learning how to structure this correctly and how to optimize what I was eating and how to bring things back into my diet. But it was just... It was, that, it was that moment where I just had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't know enough about, you know, the food itself. Also, some of the deficiencies that I was getting and establishing for myself because I really was. Like, there were a lot of things that I was just was not getting in the process. So, How many people do yeah, that, though? I 
funny. They just eliminate, like they go on Google and I, like when you said that, I'm like, you know, that's like half the world. They like freaking just search and they think that they're, you know, uh, they, they figured out the symptoms that they have. You can totally make up the symptoms once you read them and you're like, oh, I totally have that, you know? And like, yep, that's what I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow this diet and they eliminate certain, you know, obviously uh, nu- nutrients that start making them vitamin deficient as well as like if they eliminate a whole <laughs> macro source, like for example, I see this happen so much when I get new clients is like they come with no fats in their diet. I'm like, who the hell wrote this diet for you? I swear. Oh, I just decided, you know, fat makes me fat. Wait, you said fat makes you fat. Oh God. Okay. So (laughs) that is definitely one of those moments like for you when you eliminated like carbs practically and uh, you were just eating veggies. Yeah, I was literally like literally consuming more than my own weight I reckon some days in <laughs> and then I and then I went through this whole oh well shit that's not good for me I'm missing all these things and I went hyper the other way and then literally cut fruits right down to the minimal amount for a period of time like just crazy little things like the that diet. wow okay I could have I could have done this better but I, I tell you what you learn a lot right and the other thing for me too was just general portion sizes. So I think as I got, you know, more and more into what we do competitively and having to be to the gram on things, it was actually just getting really aware of serving sizes when out versus at home, Um, the preparation of foods when out and the fact that, you know, you don't have control over what they're cooking with and the additives that might be going in there. So it's just a whole bunch of things like that, you know, which sounds so common sense, but they're not so common sense when you're first starting out or when you're very young or when you're very junior in potentially this sport, right? So very interesting. It's labeling food. And I think this is where our topic goes today is that nutritional literacy leads into maybe myths or things that you might have, you know, been taught while growing up or ways you were actually (laughs) taught how to read labels or what you thought was told by you as the calorie counting aspect, or even if you are just counting macros and not really counting your dietary fiber, your micronutrients and making sure you actually have a mixture of all nutrients within your, you know, your foods with vitamins, I'm sorry, with actual vegetables to get some more vitamins. So it's more about actually understanding education behind the nutrients and nutrition in general, right? So you can actually try to build a sustainable lifestyle and diet that works for you. If you need to do a cross process of elimination, it's probably because you are having some symptoms that are maybe giving you red flags, like inflammation, like Ali should have had a red flag for quite a while being super inflamed and having all these gut issues. But she just thought she was eating healthy. So there's no way this could be causing these problems. And I think that's a lot of individuals out there. They're either reading, they're focusing on reading labels and thinking that they're eating healthy because it says gluten-free on the freaking box, or it says, you know, sugar-free or whatever it may say, low fat or whatever. It says just no GMO. You're just like, oh, great. This is healthy for me. Like that, that's the FDA, honestly, labeling and marketing is so tricky. And it's just so mis- construing honestly with a lot of people so uh what would you say ali like for you um would be your biggest you know teaching um actual you know thing for a client whenever you're coming with a beginner um are you trying to have them follow a meal plan are you trying to get them to you know learn macros well if we look at like what what nutritional literacy is right the world health organization talks about nutritional literacy as essentially health literacy. So it's the ability and the degree to which someone has the capacity to obtain, 
process and understand the basic health information they need to make appropriate health decisions. And that can be linked obviously to nutrition and the behaviors associated to the choices that people make, right? So whenever I have someone that I'm working with for the very first time, I will legitimately assess where is their current stance in this? Like where do I have them at a, you know, um, basic level? Are they medium? Are they high level of nutritional literacy? You know, like, and what I mean by that is, you know, do they have a basic understanding of how food impacts and nutrition impacts their life and their well-being? Do they understand, you know, food as a fuel source and a non-emotive, you know, aspect of what they do day to day? You know, can they read a basic, you know, nutritional level? Do they have basic cooking skills? Um, you know, not just looking at the calories either, but the macro and the micronutrients. Do they understand the impact of these things? You know, are they able to, you know, um, accurately track food sources when they're out and about? Are they understanding the different caloric, um, you know, or energy, you know, um, output, if you will, of certain food consumption, you know, certain macros, like these are all the things that I will ask. I'll even, you know, consider like, can they even measure food correctly? Do they even understand what uh, (laughs) my plate setting looks like? Like these are the things that I would look at as being purely basic. And if at that purely basic level, they, they don't tick all those boxes in there. There is no way that I'd automatically go, well, here's your macros. I would set them up with a optimized, (laughs) robust, basic plan and then give them a complete education series around food swaps. Okay, well, how you can then take this basic guideline plan and still maintain an optimized level of macro, micronutrient and vitamins and minerals and everything that we want out of the whole food, you know, process and create food swaps that are relevant. And then you'd move on from there. Well, this is just what I think is a great strategy to take someone from across ticking all the boxes on those basic needs being met is, Okay, so then going into the shops and looking at and identifying and maybe coming back and giving me some some suggestions on other things they'd like to try that are going to be appropriate swaps because they've read the nutritional labels, they've started to get an understanding about what the value, I always say, what's your food worth? You know, what's the currency value of that food? When currency, you it, what's the energy yeah. output going to be? Are we going to be using all that? Is some of it's going to get stored in your extra tank in your boot for later? Well, maybe we don't need that. Like exactly. <laughs> I just those basics for me, yeah. that basic level has to be met before I can be like, yeah, you're cool. I can give you four macros. You're going to be off doing it. But I want to move someone from nothing to basic, to medium, and then to a high level of nutritional literacy yes. while they're with me. Yes. Like that's the goal. We're here that's to optimize people's health, right? Yes, that's honestly the best. And to me, makes me the most proud coach when we can get a client or, you know, obviously you work with the client since the beginning. They don't understand what a protein source is. Like they don't understand. They just know chicken is chicken. They know steak is steak. They don't even understand they're in the same family. Yeah, guys, they're in the same family. <laughs> or, like- worse, or worse, Steph, they don't understand that some protein also has fat in it. Oh, oh, that's the, that's the funniest for me. I was like, no, I've been eating, you know, I've been eating protein all day, every day. I'm like, what are you eating? Nuts? What are you talking about? You're eating protein. You're eating fat, you know, and pro- I'm like, no, it's such a minimal amount of fat. I mean, I'm sorry, a minimal amount of protein that the fat, obviously the calories yeah, outweighs the, the protein. So for me, it's like, they just looked at the protein label, not the fat context, you know? And so it's, it's just funny whenever you get someone like that, because if truly believe it, because media, you know, obviously just 
everyday, you know, people that are in their lives may believe these things. And uh, that's kind of what they were taught. So, you know, counting, like I said, certain calories was a, a very big thing for a long duration of time. And that's kind of what people were, you know, trying to focus on. And then macros started becoming a thing and you hit it whenever you said it's more about where that person is in education about, you know, nutritional needs and their health needs. Um, and, understanding sometimes it's water needs. Oh my God. Like your, your micronutrients, it's like, you're not, you know, you're depriving yourself from actual water and not from food. And you have a headache for many other reasons, not just because you're depriving yourself from food and understanding you're not, you know, hungry and that you're, you're thirsty, you know, small cues like that is very big on intuitive eating as well as flexible dieting. And you cannot just run before you can crawl and walk and you have to take those baby steps and it is trying to relearn some, some things in your life and maybe restructuring what you thought was true in the past is maybe not so true and learning. Yeah. From the start. Like, I think, like I said, I was like, my biggest proudest moment is going from someone that's a beginner that knows absolutely nothing about a macro of what each thing is to then them trying to actually track to them learning what each family group is, as well as, you know, of course, them being able to flexibly approach their new, you know, yeah. macro which is the freedom. And, you know, that's, that's the beautiful concept. If you're listening to this and you go, okay, I know in myself that I don't know how to calculate macros well. I know in myself that I have a very, very basic, as in like I know chicken is protein, I know broccoli is vegetable slash carb, like whatever right. you're thinking about. If that's like the max you've got, then I think you owe it to yourself to set yourself the task to start to learn more, right? Get more in charge and more in control and start becoming very curious about foods, what's in them, their labeling. Because, you know, like even just understanding the difference between the three types of macros plus water, which is another, and then your micros and how they play a part in different, you know, reactions and, and processes inside the body I think that then gives you a more robust understanding of the need for things like diversity and variety and color and all sorts of things that have then got to come into play into your diet. Because too often don't we see people fall into that trap of, well, I just eat the same thing every single day because it's easy and I like it. But you're not actually adequately fueling your body, meeting its various needs. You know, you're not giving your body the true scope to really fuel its microbiome. Like you're really limiting yourself, right? So you know, from a basic point of view, if you're listening to this, think about those things. Like, how can I best increase my current knowledge on those areas? And then I'd set myself a little task to go out and do that. If you're working with a coach, that's great because you can raise these things, set these agendas and then work through them with someone. But if you're not and you're by yourself, that's fine. Just yeah. start thinking about each week tackling something new and set yourself this new little learning process. Well, what am I going to improve my current knowledge base on this week? Well, okay, this week's going to be all about protein. Next week might be all about carbs. The following week it might be all about fats. And then I might just literally spend three weeks in and out of, you know, shopping trolleys and aisles looking at different labels. That's freaking interesting. Oh, it's my favorite. Honestly, for me, I think that was at the beginning of my fitness journey. That's where I got the most obsessed, I think. And this is something that I want you guys to also know as part of a health concern with some people that do track overly track is that they're so obsessed with numbers or so obsessed with labeling that they don't actually really truly care about their health. They're just so obsessed with a scale number or, you know, obviously a certain look and uh, labels are there that can be tricky. You have to really be able to look at the ingredients. I always will say, look at the ingredients at the same time that you're looking at the actual 
nutrition labels, because that's going to direct you and let you know what the actual wholesome uh, product may be made of. Those first three ingredients in there are going to be what you're really practically consuming. Uh, so of course, if you, you know, go into the nutrition label and you don't understand polyunsaturated fats, monounsaturated fats, you know, and what saturated trans and trans fats, you know, are in your total fat range, you're really not going to understand the value of the fat, you know, and if it doesn't have any of those things and it just has a trans fat, it's obviously something you should probably throw out the window anyway, you know, so in understanding dietary fiber, dietary needs within your fiber, it's very important in soluble fiber and obviously soluble fiber ratios. Um, understand like that would be one of the tasks I would completely agree to add. If you don't know your actual macro families, then at that point, start understanding your micronutrients as well as, you know, your fiber targets, what would be a healthy range for you as a female, you know, I would recommend anywhere from 25 to 30 grams of fiber. If you're, you know, in a good moderate range of calories, if you're going in a higher range that could even increase, uh, for those women, but for males, definitely anywhere from 30 ish, 35 to almost 40 is very adequate in different males, different sizes, different ranges of calories can definitely be pushing higher numbers, but that's just a moderate given number for those when that are- When talk about fiber too, I think it's really important that you understand how the different types work and yeah. how soluble you know, fiber affects you differently, how the insoluble fiber works, why it's important that you have a mix of the two, how if you have an overload of one, it might give you a specific symptom. You might get clogged up, you might get gassy, <laughs> you might get really distended bellies, or you literally might not be having enough in general, or you might be having enough and then not having enough fluid. And then there's ramifications of that. So, you know, yeah. those are really important things. And then the other thing too, when you're at the basic needs, we're back at the very starting point and you're tracking things and logging things. How many times have you had this though, Steph, where someone goes, oh, well, I've, I've met my macros. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's great. And then they show you and they've got the MyFitnessPal and the macros being met, but they're like 200 calories over the caloric intake. And we know that that's happened because there's hidden ingredients inside of the food sources with the alkalized sugars that don't always get recorded as a true carb or a net carb, right? So all of a sudden you've got all these additional calories above and beyond, but you've met your actual macro targets. This is where you've got to be really aware. Okay, well, in this food, it's going to, yeah, it's going to record as this and it might hit my macros when my calories are over. Okay, which is fine as long as you're not really hypervigilantly focused on descending your body fat levels and caloric intake is still very important, right? So calories in, calories out, it's still going to be king. But at that point, you kind of got to go, all right, well, my macro target might be this, but I might have to sit a little bit under it because my total calories would blow out. So little things like this become important and they sound like, you know, it's stuff that people don't know, actually. It really is. It's complicated. I think once you start, we start throwing out numbers, like, you know, making sure you, you stay within that 200 cal- caloric range for buffer. Like that's probably the most I would even buffer within a calorie range for macros. I think that's really on the higher end. I think a hundred is very, very conservative on the conservative side. Um, but it is something that does happen within your tracking, like you said, because of the hidden actual nutrients that are inside the sugars and things that are hidden within the label. Like people yeah. don't get that these labels can right really actually go as an under like if you have just a a point you know point one point whatever you can literally label it as one like they could literally round up like guys from a low number perspective it could be point two and they're going to tell you you get one gram when you don't even a fourth (laughs) because they'll say it's completely it's completely gone 
But those yeah, are the negligible yeah. things add up over time. And you also don't, you know, always, if you're not aware of the impact of those things, depending on what the item is, right? It could be a complete preservative-based item. It could be many yeah. things. I guess you know, hit yeah. on Steph talked about yeah. earlier when it comes to um, the actual food label. So food standards require that all ingredients are listed in descending order by ingoing weight, right? So it means that when the food's manufactured, the ingredient that has the most prevalent amount the largest amount that's listed first so if you're looking at a label and sugar is anywhere in the top three throw it out and move on like why would you do that for you know yeah. and just understanding that you know um if it is going to have certain oils or certain you know components that are in that or, or even flavoring so it might say it's a fruit flavor right but then there's no fruit listed or it's not listed in the top three it might be like fifth down the track but yet you've got to additive or a flavoring at the top again that's not real fruit guys like no, 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 becoming no. more aware of these things and seeing the traps that marketers use to get you to buy a product because you know look honestly most of the time it tastes really good there's probably there's a reason for it it's had a whole I bunch of added to it, right? <laughs> it's too good to be true is every time i taste something that's like true i look at the label and, I re-look and like, i'm not saying you can't have those things because we're not we're very much of the mindset that you know you still should be able to have your treats you should it's not about living a monk life people but it's just about understanding how you can incorporate these things in without them derailing goals and objectives and also owning it being like you know what i'm going to make that conscious choice and an informed decision that i'm going to add this item into my food every other day even every day if i freaking want to but i also understand it's not going to give me these things and that's okay so i'm going to try and i'm going to try and compensate for that in another way in my food earlier in the day like there are options here for you but i guess the first thing is Basic needs must be met of your understanding before you can really try to play in the space of throwing your food together. Oh, I I really love how you said the options though, because I think for everybody, we have choices. And I think this is where we always have the choice every single time in our life, whether if that's CE or to do something bad, whatever it may be as a, you know, direction of path we're going to choose, we're going to choose what we're going to do. And choices are what make this more freedom, this life more enjoyable, makes you feel not so prisoned and not so trapped that you can't eat certain things. And understanding how to read labels is going to give you that freedom. And then also knowing how to make a better choice because there are ways you can just literally compare in the, in the food aisle. The thing that you maybe love the most you've been having, I'll just put, I don't know, like some graham crackers as an example, because that's an easy thing that maybe some people, you know, like crackers or some type of, you know, cookie that they really, really love. I'm sure there is another better option that you just have to look. There's lower fat versions. All the companies have this now. They're reducing fat from, you know, most uh, things to try to make it a little, little more marketable for some other, you know, obviously people like us that are trying to- they can learn how to make their own version of it, right? Like how good is that concept? Getting control of your shit. That's even the best. But a lot of people, when they're on the fast paced life and it's just like, I got to go, go, go. It's like baking and having them do all that extra. They could barely even weigh out their food, Alicia. So it's like, come (laughs) on, I'm trying to get them to be as easy as reading and trying to understand, you know, it is more about a choice and knowing there's options. And maybe the choice you were making was the highest calorie, highest sugar, highest. And there's something that maybe is a third of that. can still give you that pleasure and still kind of give you a little bit of that craving being quenched and saying, okay, I didn't have that cookie that was maybe the mrs baird's or whatever you guys have out there as like your 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 cookie factor or something like it could be a a version that is like i said a reduced fat reduced sugar you know and it still has those ingredients but you're not having maybe as much from that one cookie you've had actually maybe 
three of those makes up the, the sizing that that one cookie might have gave you. Yeah. And you know what I love about everything you just talked about, right? If we look at this objectively for a second, once you know the basics, you can make those choices. You actually know how to identify where I can put something in and it's not going to be detrimental to my goals, where I can make a food swap and it's not going to blow out my macros. It's going to fit in, but I'm still going to meet my basic needs of macro and micronutrients. I'm still going to hit my desired guideline objectives of a certain ratio of fruits and veg and calcium, you know, via dairy or dairy alternatives. Like, you know, you can start to understand how the ability to bring that together comes together. And we can also see quite clearly why it's an issue for some people to portion control because until you go through this process of having to pull your food together, prepare it yourself and understand what goes in what and what the nutritional currency is, what the value of this food is, you don't understand the size of the portions because that's the thing that blows everyone away. They either over-track and overestimate or grossly underestimate their portion sizes, right? And if you want to get to the point where you can eventually intuitively eat, and I would love that for everyone to at least spend half their year intuitively eating because I always do, but it took me years to get to that point. I'll be very honest about it. And that's exactly what I was going to say, Ali. Like it takes a, a lot of individuals to get yeah. to that point journey it takes you a lot of trial and error a lot of falling on your face from like maybe not yep. understanding what you were doing but i'm gonna be honest with everyone because this was one of the biggest i think hardest hurdles for me to overcome because i didn't want to learn i think at the beginning of my uh, fitness journey i yeah. was like through that i love food way too much what i don't know doesn't hurt me honestly like, <laughs> if, if i don't track it i didn't <laughs> <laughs> won't know the difference right well, I point, say that to me where she was like hey ali look i don't track it and i know it's naughty but i just figure if i don't throw it in there it i didn't need it and i'm like you did. No but you did. I know. <laughs> your body's gonna show me that he fucking 100 ate that extra time oh, no i knew i knew what i was doing i just didn't want it no, like I knew yeah. what I was doing. I knew I was lying to myself. I knew that it was something It's like, I don't want to track because I don't want to know. I don't want to know I'm over a hundred grams of fat. I didn't want to know that that one slice of freaking cheesecake was over my one daily total oh of my, my God. fat. How, like, how devastating is it when you learn, you know, like oh, I was cheese platter with some crackers and a glass of wine does to you in your whole day. I, was, like, that was, that was, I actually, my heart broke. It's breaking again now. Just like, <laughs> all these years later. What the fuck do you mean? That's actually back to that is that what you just said is like, yeah, we're heartbroken. And I remember being so shocked and mind blown. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm letting this one small thing hold me back from what I actually can be doing. And I can actually be applying these other efforts. And maybe, you know what, I shouldn't you know, cut it out completely. I'm going to just portion control it yes. and I'm going to be able to have, okay, maybe not the whole freaking slice that I've been having that I just thought was so just proportional because that's what the, the size cake slice is. That's not what it's supposed to be for you. So finding what range would fit in, that was one of my biggest steps. And it was like, you know what? I'm only able legitimately to have a fourth of this with it to just literally not detriment my whole day, you know, yeah. and I can structure around that. But again, that was always planned. And I think when I used to do these things I didn't want to plan them they were just on the spurt you know of the moment they were just social events that are like oh you know what you guys want dessert oh sure there's cheesecake on the menu you know what I mean like you just add that let's talk about this for a second though because if we look at old behavior old staff old consumption you know um, choices how riddled with guilt would you be and trying to make up for it later and then feeling bad for having eaten it and then looking at it it. all the time 
No, but you won't eat it though. Like that's the thing. And I think that it does come down to a food relationship. You do have to have, I think this all ties in with nutritional literacy. It's like knowing what's healthy for you and what your health requires, but then also understanding that you may have some food triggers that you have some bad relationships with certain foods. Uh, for me, I knew from the get-go when I didn't want to track in it, it was a, a, an actual sugar thing. Like I was bad with bakes, good and like having, you know, like cheesecake or any kind of cake. I mean, any, any sugar, honestly. Any like, kind of cake, all the cakes, all the cakes. But I love brownies and like, you know, all the, all the sugars. And, and because of that, I think I really had to figure out what it was that made me feel that I needed those things or made me satisfied to have these things or what made me emotionally tied to these things. And I think for us in our family was celebration. It's like every single time you celebrated, you have to have like a dessert. Like it was like, cake, come on, you get cake. Like a cake for everything. Like every time you have any type of celebration, there's a cake there. And I think that was my association, you know? And I think that I, that's where I had to cut it out. It's like, I can't celebrate with it. I need to make sure when I have it, it's genuinely because I structured it. I, I'm yeah. going to make my relationship with that food item doesn't <laughs> go out the window, meaning like, I feel like I can't ever have it. I had to figure out, you know, what other treats I could maybe replace in the meantime, because there was times of the year, there's no way I could even fit in a quarter of a cheesecake within my diet. It would be really sabotaging my whole prep, you know, because we're trying to create a deficit. So understanding that some of these things may have to phase in and out, depending on your goal, uh, is very, very important to understand. Is like I think when you have the basic requirements, right, where you understand the basic parameters, you're more inclined to settle into those phases where strict rigidity yes. becomes an actual thing and it's a necessity you you can you can reconcile it mentally and you kind of go yeah well this sucks i'm really missing this or this but you know what it's for like six weeks it's for like exactly. 10 weeks it's fine. In, in your right? it's different right so i think this comes back to and, and steph's really just highlighted again the world health organization's process of being able to process understand and then make more informed decisions based with health in mind, right? And that's not even just looking at the rigidity of certain phases of a prep and needing to be quite strict at times, turning the volume up, if we will. It's just living her day-to-day -day life and her best life too, right? So I'm a big believer that if you create this level of basic foundational nutritional literacy at the absolute least, that what it gives you is the scope and the knowledge to make these choices for events and social settings where you want to be able to indulge, right? It lets you pre-plan it, be ready for it. It also lets you have it in the moment per se every now and then and it not derail you, riddle you with guilt, make you feel shit. You should also, when you get to a point, right, where you move past basic and, and you know, I can remember moving past this point and being like, wow, my life's like 100% changed because I got to the space where I could legitimately eyeball a plate of something when I was not near scales and I wasn't carrying around a flip on my phone fucking mobile scale weight which some people have done I've seen some athletes use this I think it's hilarious but I didn't have to do that and I could legitimately eyeball really within the parameters of either side of my grammage and my my macro needs a meal and I could have it off and I wasn't stressing and I wasn't freaking out you know I've still been known to do it in my final 10 weeks of a prep, I'll go out and I'll have steak that's already measured and weighed so I know how much steak is, but then I can literally eyeball my carbs and my associated salads and everything else, right? So this is where I think it's powerful and it's worth the time and energy and the investment of your commitment 
to actually educate yourself on this, right? And I think, you know, Steph, you hit this nail on the head earlier too when you said busy people lead busy lives that don't want to have to do these things. And I think what you're creating is just more chaos for yourself in the long run because you can't make, you know, informed and smart choices on the run. And if you're a busy person, you need to be able to make choices on the run and execute like a CEO, be the CEO of your life, be the CEO of your food. Get really smart at reading an executive summary, right? So executives executively summarize your day-to-day meal plan and know what you need to be able to get on the fly, off the hook, out if you're on the run, right? But with your so, flexibility comes a better decision when you can just be on the fly, like you said, and just be like, you know what, I mean, I can't have this over that. You know, I'm like, I'm going to have this instead. Exactly. Right. So that and understand... The only way you're going to learn how to do that, though, is by getting down in the trenches and doing it and getting through the nutritional labels and preparing your food and understanding and weighing things out and seeing to the point where then within a year or so, you will be able to eyeball it, guys, like legitimately, right? So I always say this to my really busy people, get your family involved on the weekend and spend one day of the weekend where you actually do all this shit together, where you actually spend the time learning, cooking, preparing, you know, analyzing understanding, you know, how to estimate food portions, understanding how to, you know, put combinations of foods together, understanding how to substitute foods. If you run out of eggs in your fridge, what's my next best protein source I can throw together in this meal? Guys, come on. It's yes, know your people. Yes. Knowing your swaps. You're so right. And also just where you said about earlier, where you cook your own maybe cravings or your own foods to really, you know, not just satisfy you, but really know what's in it and know the actual context and nutritional value and what's going to happen then when you cook certain things, let's say you cook your favorite dish, you actually cook a pasta. You're going to realize the things that go inside of this pasta. So you would actually know how to calculate when you're eating out. Oh crap. It has butter. It has olive oil. It has the pasta itself. It has cheese. It ha- like all these things that you would actually have to add in. All you think of when you look at a pasta and you're trying to calculate it, if that place doesn't have a, you know, obviously a MyFitnessPal trackable type of um, item listed, then you're going to be looking at it. Oh, it's just pasta and it's just sauce. No, 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 no. There is <laughs> butter in that. There is some milk. There is some cheese. There is some no. noodle pasta, you know, some marinara, maybe some so, alfredo. Um- So funny you mentioned this, right? Because like when you think about someone starting out and you think about the places where you go, these are really great options for you to eat out at just so you don't derail and so you start to learn how to do it. The last place you give them is an Italian place. Oh, last place. I would never... No, last place. I would never, I don't like if anybody ever does like a refeed with me, last thing I will, you'll never ever see me give somebody a pasta. Like... And actually, you know, it's funny. We actually just had a, um, we actually just had an Italian dish last night that Chris was cooked for me. And I'm going to tell you all right now, it had lactose-free cream in it. It had milk. It had bacon. It had cheese. It had like, think about this, right? We (laughs) plan for it. So again, concepts here can be planned for, you know, everything you're covering everything off, but it's not a macro you know, friendly meal, if you're in a certain stage of prep, you just can't be, you don't have the calories for it. You don't have the budget for it. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you just need the additional calories. And I think pasta does do that. So anybody looking to, you know, maybe pack on some pounds and that's kind of the phase you're in uh, pasta is your best friend. Okay. So <laughs> if you're trying to lose some weight and uh, eating pasta, you should probably say goodbye for a little bit and uh, reduce the amount of pasta you are having. Uh, but no, it's true. Just understanding how even baked 
goods are made and, you know, the things, the context that go inside of it, when you make it, you will know how to replace and substitute some exactly. of these items instead of using, you know, refined sugars and, you know, copious amounts, you can switch out for, you know, an alternative sweetener, you know, you like stevia, you could do Splenda, so many other options that you have to sweeten, you know, your baked goods, as well as like different dishes that you can make lighter, uh, maybe dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever it is that you want to kind of approach it with doing it as close as possible to a liking that you generally are going to actually eat is very important because I think that once you make something shitty, you're just like, there's nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Exactly. <laughs> no. this, this is also where a high level nutritional um, literacy allows you to make things very palatable, right? Yeah. So it's where you can start to actually identify the things and make food taste good. And reality is the best diet is just literally one you can adhere to. It's literally yeah. one that's sustainable. It's literally <laughs> one that's right? <laughs> So, you know, the concept of spending the time now to get your head around food and how best to put your plate together is really important. Um, so I think, look, just to wrap this up, Steph, the main thing that I think, you know, people should be taking away from this is the fact that, you know, your education process on what goes on your plate really is up to you. You know, the accountability sits with you. The responsibility sits with you. Utilize some of the team that you have around you and some of the resources perhaps to increase this. But stop passing the blame and making excuses the reasons why you can't make better food choices, right? Yeah, can't say you can't track food or I can't wait out. Oh, it's too hard. I'm too busy. Guys, there's always room. If you make the room, you make the time and you put the effort. So make sure if you really are struggling with maybe even, you know, certain food groups or like all oh, feeling restricted or feeling like you're not making good choices on the fly, then you need to step it up and learn a little bit more and start educating yourself. Um, you know, maybe seek out to actually get some help to learn or just honestly research research, research there, yeah. be, be a sponge and just soak everything in. There's so much online that you can learn just on your own. You don't have to go, of course, having a coach is going to guide you so much easier, so much better. It takes out all that guesswork, but still you really, really just need to dive yourself in the trenches and, and start trying to track your food. If you're not tracking your food, that's one of the easiest ways to understand. Even if you don't know what you're having, to understand first, you don't have to have a meal plan, just track first what the heck is eating, you know, what, what is going in your mouth? track it in my fitness pal and first see exactly. where you're eating at, what protein target you're currently on, what fats and, you know, carb range you're currently sitting at, and then reevaluate even your percentages. And I know this starts going into some more literacy, but it's more about having a little balance there and understanding that you're hitting the right type of proteins, the right type of fats and the right type of fiber and water, all of these things. And like, you know, of course your health actually is the most important thing here it's not your physique okay people 100%, like 100 and and you know by taking control of this and understanding the blueprint for how best to make these decisions it significantly increases your relationship with food your relationship with yourself your self-esteem and also an element of control and it's not going to be a control that becomes a negative one it'll be a control that actually gives you quality of life so you know, for everyone listening, I strongly urge you set yourself the homework, get out, get basics down pat, know them in and out. And then I think start looking at how you progress it from a basic level into a medium and then into a higher level of nutritional literacy where you will be quite capable of running, you know, complete flexible dieting and also more importantly, intuitive based eating throughout the year.
Food freedom, people. Food freedom is the name of the game here. And the more you learn, the more you're going to feel free and the more in power you feel of your journey here. So, hey, guys, make sure you're educating yourself, tuning in, rating our podcast. We really appreciate it. Give us some comments some feedback as well as, of course, your rates. Um, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thanks, Steph. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Queen Divas Pod, on Twitter at Queen Divas 4, and follow our hosts on Instagram, Alicia at Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro, and Steph at Stephanie Ayala 7. See you all next week.